We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kinda dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls and talk some D and D with the people listening at home with us uh, recording without Charday. It's uh, it's a sad and lonely time. We're always sad and lonely. What do you mean? True. This is just <laughs> business as usual. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. Uh, it's just a little extra sad and lonely. How about that? Charity is not the light of this podcast. Listen, I, I, don't I give her that power. I listen. I don't want to. I, I, I this is this brings me no joy to point out, but I think some fans would point out that uh, she's their favorite part of it. Just as I'm sure there are fans that point out that you're the the favorite part of it, and I'm not. No one thinks I'm their favorite part. But there are there are some that, that you know debate between the two of you. So, I mean, anyone who points out that the white guy is their favorite, um, how, how dare I feel you? like there's some introspection needed to be done. You're allowed. Your favorite's allowed to be a white guy as long as we I know. Make I'm, the I'm path Terry, for other Terry. people. Terry, that was a joke. Well, no, no. I know it's not going to be me. I just, I don't want people to feel bad if they're like, oh, I like Friends or whatever. (laughs) I'm trying to think of like a white show. Friends was the first Terry, you realize you can be your favorite person as well. Like yourself can be your favorite person. I, I know I'm the only one that likes me. That's why, that's that's what makes it bearable. I like me. But you just said, but you just, but you just said the other. Never mind. Okay. So what are we doing today, Terry? Without your day, how how is this gonna go down? Uh, do well, I do I give uh, some feminist critique on rhetoric, or, sure. or what? What's what's my role here? What's your, what's your feminist critique on rhetoric as a whole? Like not a specific rhetoric, <laughs> just as a whole. Just like we'll just jump just, right just, into the just just as a as a as a whole. Uh, writing is inherently masculine uh, because. Most writers, especially fantasy writers, have been men. And most of uh, the learned society back in the day were men. So I feel like inherently writing tends to be masculine. So we should feminize writing. Just just feminize all writing all the time. And long form writing a lot is like you know you use a phallic shaped uh, tool to do it too you know like it's already yeah, they're just yeah, like, yeah. it's it's inherent into the process that's why I only type because I'm a feminist ah yes you're feminist typing is the only way to be feminist it's yeah, true yeah. It's, it's at least a start you know it's, uh, I'm an ally. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, if you don't know, this is the KHL's podcast. Each and every week, we sit down and bring you all of the TTRPG news you need to know about. Uh, this week, we got lots of good stuff on you on like the bits and bobs section where we get into all the video games. Or not video games. <laughs> uh, that comes in later on. All of the TTRPG games and supplements that are coming out soon. In our Village Crier section, we have some crazy new TSR news where we go and yell in the town square. And then in our Bardic Inspiration section, that's where we talk about video games and movies and all the other things that are inspired off the table. I'm your faithful host, Terry Smith, and I have a couple of plugs, but I'll get there in a second. First off, i got to introduce my lovely co-host, Lissa. How are you doing today? I am sad and lonely. As I'm the great. Best, yeah, as the best, but saddest, but best Slavenly Trolls host <laughs> on the podcast. Obviously. And there's you can no be one sad, lonely. You can be sad, lonely, and good at your job. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Just like how you, you can be a, a white dude on a podcast and nope, no, you can't. Like, you shouldn't be. Uh, <laughs> uh, can't even finish out that joke. So let's get started with our bits and bobs. First up, we have anti-imperialist RPG bundle fun solidarity kitchens by selling LATAM tabletop RPGs. This comes from Dicebreaker, who wrote this one. Load faster, Google. Um, this comes from Chase Carter over at Dicebreaker. A bundle of tabletop RPGs created by artists in Latin America is raising money for community kitchens to aid areas of Brazil that endure the daily hardships caused by imperialist and colonialist, uh, colonialist actions. According to organizers, this is a pretty good bundle. Um, go check this out. I got a link in our description below. I work with a lot of artists out of Brazil. Like this is uh, pretty important. In Ooh. the general, like you know, scope of things, but also as I like, I love to point out because like 
it is a great thing. You should go fund it if you can, just because of the good yeah. cause. But also, there's some fucking awesome games in here too. Like, like just a, like a pure like bundle. Like when it comes to hey, if you're you're trying to be frugal with your money, you get some good shit in here for I think like fifteen bucks. So yeah, fifteen fifteen dollars for eighty five items. And there, there's like. not just games in here. There's physical games. There's TTRPGs. There's comic books. It's uh, a whole mashup of stuff in there. And I'm gonna plug uh, one of my friends, uh, Marcus's comic book. So there's a really good app out of Brazil you can use called Funktune. It's kind of like their version of Webtoon. Uh, a little bit smaller, super indie when it comes to comic books. Okay. Uh, it's a really really cool app. If you can read Portuguese, it helps. <laughs> not gonna lie, not everything is in English, but Portuguese an awesome language and i recommend everybody go and check it out uh there's also google translate and it's it's really fun to do in comic books in my opinion really easy to kind of sit down and translate because you can do it bubble by bubble uh so there's uh, an, another app that i would recommend when while you download that one it's called duolingo, duolingo. and you can start learning portuguese <laughs> portuguese is such a fucking fun language but i'm not gonna lie it's kind of hard like it's like a mixture like like um, as someone who studied a little bit of Spanish and a little bit of French, it's like a mixture of those two to an English speaker, at least, mm. um, which mm-hmm. are not, is not easy to do. <laughs> and I'm bad at languages, so take that with a grain of salt, but, um, it's really cool. And there's lots, like, I think, uh, when we kind of aim at the Western centric audience, instead of going, uh, further South, you miss out on so many cool creators and not just like in TTRPGs, I mentioned comic books too, but in almost all spheres, it just kind of sucks because y- you kind of limit yourself. It kind of reminds me of when uh, Korean cinema was really popping off. Um, yeah. And you start, you finally had like English uh, native speakers finally going, hey, there are good movies that didn't come out in English. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of cool to see something like this. And so go check out this bundle. Um, Lisa, have you seen anything in here that you've uh, already checked out before? Uh, my knowledge of TTRPGs mostly is based on things that we've covered on this podcast, Terry. So no, I have not <laughs> recognized very at <laughs> all. Well, I would have said one, but like, I don't, I don't recognize any i don't think so um <laughs> you're gonna have to help me out here to recommend some games i, I, can, gotta... I can name interesting ones based on like the description sure. and the name <laughs> and the art but uh that's that's as far as my knowledge goes one that i have used is spiral it's a west march's style tool meant to be used with uh backpack and dream uh, you can you can check that out there. West marches if you don't know, it's kind of a style of TTRPGs where you have drop in, drop out, um, kind of campaign play. So if you have a lot of friends, like, and uh, not everyone can show up every week, but you want to keep the campaign going, uh, it's a really good tool for that. And a lot of D and D games do that. If you uh, go to like cons or uh, mm. like comic book stores, mm-hmm. like if you play at a shop. Um, they're usually West March's style, so check out Spiral. And I'm scrolling through. I have a few more, but like I don't know if I can get into all of them because some of these are kind of advanced, <laughs> of like kind of like deep fried. Um, so uh, Life of Poultry is one that you should check out. So six foul backgrounds to add to your wacky adventures in spheres, space, and beyond. Choose or roll from a variety of chickens, from the enigmatic shape-shifting chicken of the night, the proud ascendant fighting cock, to the powerful awakened fried chicken, and three more backgrounds that are just as bizarre. I think that Amazing. says everything you need. Uh, <laughs> I, I rec- I recognize the system, so Troika RPG, like that rings a bell. But yeah, uh, I mean the art is great. <laughs> it has like a, a gigantic rooster with uh, some patterns on it, and it just says "Life of Poultry," uh, iconic. It's uh, compatible with Troika. You should play Troika. It's awesome. But you can also download their uh, the whole like tarot uh, spreadsheet. So if you don't know that that's something that's used in that game, but you can also use it outside of the game if you want. So if you just want some badass mm. like uh, chicken tarot cards, uh, check that out. Um, definitely worth the fifteen bucks. Go go buy it. Go back it. I, I what is the verb when you <laughs> when you buy these bundles? Spend Purchase. money. Yes. Yeah, spend? spend spend that money. <laughs> Spend that money. Throw uh, it away. <laughs> Next up, we have Cocaine Owlbear or Fantasy Woodland Cocaine Heist Crew. This is a Cocaine Bear inspired Honey Heist uh, uh, remix. <laughs> uh, are you familiar with Honey Heist and or Cocaine Bear? 
I, you can't exist on the internet in any shape or form and not have heard about Cocaine Bear, is my uh, first statement. I have not heard about Honey Heist. Uh, Honey Heist but is I, awesome. I do know the general idea behind Cocaine Bear, but I also feel like maybe the name tells you most of what it's about. <laughs> Just like a, a tiny hint there. A for sure on cocaine perhaps uh, go play honey heist if you ever get the chance it's a smaller rules light rpg where you are bears performing heists uh it's exactly what it sounds like but it's a ton of fucking fun it's really good for new rpg players i got to play it with my mom okay. and a few other of my family members <laughs> um because they had a lot of fun we played uh gloom or not gloom uh yeah gloom uh no dredge that's what it is dredge um, it's a RPG where you, we, there's so many one word, one sheet RPGs. Um, I think it's called Dread. That's what it is. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Dread RPG is like you, you play with like a Jenga tower. Like you pull uh, ah, a tile every time something bad's going to happen. And if it yeah, falls, yeah. you die. Um, we played that one year and then my mom actually was like, Hey, I want to do that again. And she brought my nephew and my sister and instead of just playing dread again, we played honey heist. So, um, it's a lot of fun, really good storytelling mechanics. Uh, you don't have a lot of stats, uh, so it's, Mm -hmm. it's pretty easy to pick up. And then cocaine pair is exactly like you said, it's exactly what it sounds like. Awesome movie. Um, dumb fun. I think it was Ray Liotta's last movie. Um, about a bear that intercepts a thing of cocaine that some smugglers are trying to get across the border, and then it goes on a rampage. Uh, very fun uh, comedy horror movie. You know, it's mostly the gore mm-hmm. and the silliness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think directed yeah. and written by Elizabeth Banks. So uh, good, good stuff there. But anyways, is it like actually? Is, is it like actually like a good movie? Because I it kind of gives me the vibes of like. Sharknado, which I have unfortunately watched with my old roommate. <laughs> I have seen one, two, and three of Sharknado. Well, uh, Sharknado not... is like made to be bad, right? Like it's, it's uh-huh. like it, it it has a similar vibe, but I would say it's better made than Sharknado. So you have better acting, okay, okay. better writing, okay. better effects uh, as well. But okay, it is okay. in that same genre where it's like it's meant to be silly, like it's not meant to be real or actually super scary in any way. Okay, okay. So ridiculous, but not that ridiculous. Exactly, exactly. So I I would recommend it. Let's jump into Cocaine Owlbear. Uh, (laughs) Cocaine Owlbear or Fantasy Woodland Cocaine Heist Crew um, is its second name. Honey Heist Omaz. Grant Howitt made Honey Heist. The art for this is by Jacob Blackman, written by Mike Lafferty. You're a woodland creature who has recently gained sentience when you ingested magical cocaine from the satchel of an unlucky traveler in your forest. With your newfound intelligence, you plunder the belongings of the courier you killed. You find that he or she had complicated heist plan written on parchment and hidden in their satchel bag, but it's not just any heist. It is a complicated heist that involves stealing more of the enchanted cocaine that has granted you sentience and made you really jittery. Can you take a chance uh, when the cocaine wears off? You'll revert to being a mere woodland animal? No. No, you cannot. You have to get more of that enchanted cocaine. Luckily, you have this written plan from the deceased courier that requires discipline and exact execution. Unfortunately, you're a goddamn coked out enchanted woodland creature prone to rage. Um, you can pick this up for a dollar. It is definitely worth the dollar. I have to try this out. I I need to play this game. Also, can I just can I just point out the picture of the cocaine bear because I mean the not the cocaine bear but the cocaine owl bear because it's a picture of an owl's head, obviously. <laughs> just but it's just like over a the, the big the big circular eyes and like the open beak and the look of surprise just utters like pure pure gold uh, like everything about this is beautiful it really is so go check <laughs> the, uh, the cocaine owl bear um next up this one's special for a bunch of different reasons um shut down dodgeball video game knockout city lives on thanks to a free tabletop rpg adaptation have you had a chance to check out uh knockout city lissa i 
am now looking at it. I did open it up, but I didn't read through. That's okay. Much. So uh, this comes from Chase Carter over at Dicebreaker. Knockout City, though, uh, before I get too far in the uh, article, Knockout City was a free. To, well, first it was a paid to play, and then a free to play uh, video game that was dodgeball. Essentially, is like four v four dodgeball. Mm-hmm. And it was fucking amazing. Me and my wife put in probably close to 100 hours. Uh, oh, my God. One of my favorite games to come out in the last <laughs> century. Uh, like I fucking love that game so much. And unfortunately, smaller studio, loss of player base. They had to shut it down. But it wasn't like a failure. They made you know enough money to make another game afterwards, but they couldn't keep it going mm. while they were going to make their next game. So oh, it's kind of okay. like, hey, we have to pick our battles, so we're going to shut this down so we can move on to the next project. Um, yeah. But you can, I think you can still play it on PC uh, if you like find like private servers. But it's a really, really fun game, really simple mechanics, but it's dodgeball, uh, which is one of my favorite things in the world. So really, really good game. And now it's living on through this officially licensed RPG. Um, you can go to the Knockout City uh, website to get Knockout City Rivals. An official tabletop RPG for the now shut down Knockout City keeps the spirit of the cult hit dodgeball video game alive beyond its public servers. Knockout City Rivals translates competitive action into a story of one fateful match between the protagonists and their rivals. First released in 2021 by developer Velen Studios, Knockout City announced last year uh, that... Uh, of this year it would be transitioned into a free-to-play model and then it broke down shut down um but finally june 12th the video game's official twitter account published a link to the full text for knockout city rivals a free and fully developed tabletop rpg created by adira slattery and eric fierstein along with the layout design from tom glass jr each session of knockout city rivals is split into two distinct phases setting the stakes of an upcoming match and then the brawl itself Players embody a crew mm. of ba- uh, brawlers in the eponymous city, using the first phase to draw emotional connections and relationships between each other and their rival crew, all while earning bond that can be spent in the second half of the game. Uh, it's a really fucking cool setup. It's a really cool game. It played really fast when I gave it a chance. Um, mm. I, I don't know. I've only got a chance to play it once, so I don't know Like through a, a shit ton of testing. But if you are going for something quick and like one shoddy i really really recommend it it has a lot of like anime vibes like you're setting up the last big match before you know you have that big payoff i i found it really fun what's this doing for you lisa it seems interesting like it not to not to point out how um unsporty i am but it reminds me of the basketball ttrpg that we discussed yes kind of very very similar yeah it 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 seems interesting and like they've really in in terms of like a ttrpg it seems very in-depth in that you create like an archetype you establish relationships you have like a what was that like a logo for your team yeah and everything so like if like, it seems interesting, and I'd be willing to give this a try. Not that I'm, like, the sportiest person in the world or anything, but, you know, I could be sporty in TTRPGs. You never know. <laughs> that's the whole point of TTRPGs. You could be something that you're exactly. not at home. Like, that's, you could like, pretend that's you're fun. sporty and do sports and then feel accomplished at the end of the day while never leaving your seat. <laughs> exactly. Um, one of the things in this, it plays a little bit like if you've ever heard of, or you've probably heard me talk about Reflections, or any of those kind of one-on-one yeah. RPGs, where as you set up the scene and you go through the roleplay element, you're building a dice pool so that you can spend and use during the match. So, like, depending on mm-hmm. what you did during that setup, you might do better in the actual brawl phase. So there's still oh, kind of cool. that versus yeah. element, but... Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it plays extremely well. It was kind of, uh, I, I wouldn't say, like, uh, bittersweet because it's just sad, right? Like, it, it, But it was yeah. a really cool send-off to the game. But I would have loved that this existed while it was at its height because I think it would have gone yeah. a long way to get it into the hands of other people because I've talked yeah. to a few other RPG players right now. They were like, oh, if I would have known that it was doing something like this, I would have checked out the video game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, but either way, go check it out. I'm loving it. It has such an anime vibe, which really didn't exist in the game. Like, the video game really didn't have those types of vibes. Um, Mm. so it's really cool. I think it could have, maybe, if it went a little bit further. I think that would have been a really neat addition, but, uh, go check that out. Um, you can get it on the official website. I got the link in our description. Moving on 
Triangle Agency is a satirical horror RPG of paranormal investigation inspired by Control and the X-Files. Did you get a chance to read over this one, Lissa? I, I looked through it, and it, it sort of reminds me, um, based on what I've read, it sort of reminds me, like, if you had the Men in Black and you mm -hmm. turned it into a TTRPG, but instead of the Men in Black, it's the people in the Red Triangle thing. Yes, like very like uh, the back rooms or SCP. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, I, I really dig the vibe. I play a different game that has a similar um, edge to it called the Orpheus Protocol. Um, it's kind of a, a little niche uh, cult RPG. Shout out to the people who make Orpheus. It comes from a really, really awesome Orpheus podcast. Uh, and they kind of built the game while they were creating the podcast and it was a way for them to play test it and it got this uh really big cult following i know big and cult following are like kind of uh opposites there but it, yeah it, it did develop this niche and it's a really neat game so seeing more people jump onto that is kind of cool um coming from chase carter over at Dicebreaker, a sinister and satirical tabletop rpg that combines the intrigue of paranormal investigation media with a cheeky surreal sense of humor has launched one of the best looking kickstarter campaigns of the year Triangle Agency is openly and unabashedly inspired by the 2019 video game Control, along with X-Files and the cult-popular internet, internet cryptid fiction forum, the SCP Foundation. The resulting roleplay tells stories of finding that mythical work-life balance amidst reality-eating anomalies, voices of reason that have every reason to lie to you. Um, I'm definitely getting the Control vibes as well. Did you ever check out Control? No, I did not. I do not know what that is. Uh, you would love Control, based on all of the vibes. It's it's kind of a, a spiritual successor to Alan Wake. It's in the same universe as Alan Wake. It's Ooh. a video game from Remedy. It's okay. a horror game where you were kind of uh, picked up by the Men in Black when you were a kid. And they took your brother away, and you kind of went into hiding. And then when you got older, you had this imaginary friend that was actually an entity from another world and they help <gasps> you find the men in black organization and you infiltrate and when you get in there everyone's dead they've been killed by another supernatural entity oh and my you're god put in charge <laughs> and you have to like shoot your way through this scp type uh like uh hidden back rooms type office building and figure out okay. what happened to your brother, these people, okay. and what these entities are. It's so fucking good. And uh, I'm going to use the Triangle um, Foundation to run a control uh, game. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, I'm, as I'm as I'm picking this up, I'm like, oh yeah, this is happening. I gotta message some people and make this go. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm digging everything I'm seeing from this campaign. I, I love all the vibes they're going for. I like that it's kind of comedy-based. Like, as you go through it, like, the satire yeah. is real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just, like, if satire and the SCP, like, a lot of people get mad when they lean into the comedy aspect of, like, the back rooms or any of those creepypastas. But I think they kind of go hand in hand. When you get into, like, the absurdistness of, oh, don't drink that coffee out of that mug because that mug will transport you to another world. And mm. in that world, people mm -hmm. don't blink. That's a real SCP uh, entry. <laughs> um, okay. Like, it's a weird thing. <laughs> like, 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 that can be super scary or it can be fucking yeah. hilarious, right? Like, it depends on how it's yeah. framed. So I like that they're aiming for this. Uh, it uses a D-Force, uh, uh, D-Force, uh, D4 dice system to resolve, uh, which you don't see a lot of those. Uh, it's usually, you know, some other variation. So I'm excited to have another D4 on my roster. I think I only play with one yeah. or two of those. Um, what are you thinking as you kind of scroll through this? Are you interested at all? I mean, I am interested, and I think... <laughs> what does this tell you about me? Um, the thing that point kind of pops out to me, it says, uh, embrace your table's natural chaos. <laughs> and, and, and it talks about the D4 system being... Or, or, or the D4 system being a stability slash chaos system right. that empowers players to change the narrative in radically impactful ways. So basically, that's a very, like, interesting mechanic. So you can either be, you know, tell it, like, through a stable way, or you could just lead into the chaos, which, to be quite honest, is my preferred uh, method of choice. But, you know, that there's, like not what not just one way that you can like the mechanics help you to decide what in what way to go so i i think that that's a really cool sort of mechanic to add into there 
I love it so much, and they, they use this, uh, the chaos versus stability tug of war aspect where, like, you're kind of on this gauge. How far are you into chaos versus how far are you into stability um, as you go yeah. through? I use a similar mechanic at my home game called the the Winds of Destiny, and it kind of does a push or pull. Like, as the GM, I can choose to spend some of those um, to amp up what's going on in the game, while my players can spend some kind of, like, story points to do cooler things, but that mm-hmm. gives me more more leeway to do crazier things and it's that push and pull i really like that aspect it doesn't it's not gm versus players as much as um control over the story versus chaos of the story um Mm -hmm. and i really Mm -hmm. like elements like that so i'm really excited for that aspect and like i said the d4 also the d4 obviously makes sense because it's the triangle foundation it's a pyramid you get it yeah it's it's the, the the branding on this is great. It like, really it, like right like it's, it's just, just really it's impressive. It's so well thought through. I'm just looking at this going ah uh huh. He has a graphic <laughs> designer just going like, yep yep. This all makes sense. I'm fully sold. And this <laughs> just because of the game. visuals. Yeah, like this is the first game from Haunted Table Games. I, they yeah. haven't done anything else before, so like I, I don't know. It must have some awesome pedigree behind it. I don't uh-huh, know uh-huh. who's at Haunted Table Games, but. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, Caleb Hewitt and Sean Ireland, which those names sound familiar, but I don't know if I know them from Adam. Um, it just says created by longtime professional game masters, but yeah, so I, don't... Like, I feel like yeah. they're gonna get us. If you look at like how far the product has gone, they had a ten thousand dollar goal, and they're at a hundred and fifty one thousand two hundred fifty eight dollars. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you can pick up the digital PDF for thirty bucks. So, uh, if you if you're not willing to, to like toss out sixty dollars for the core rule book and a set of dice, um, you can pick up the digital version. But yeah, check out the Triangle uh, Foundation. Let me know if you start playing it or Triangle Agency. I apologize, the Triangle Agency. Um, I'm definitely gonna check it out. Um, I think that's about it for the bits and bobs. We had to truncate the section a little bit because Chardet wasn't going to be here, but we're going to have an extra long bits and bobs next week because we had a lot of good, like, fan and community-supported ones. Mm-hmm. So if, you, if you're listening to the show, you go, oh, but this game that I put on your Twitter, I promise we'll talk about it next week. Um, I'm not ignoring you. Uh, so I- next up, <laughs> don't you laugh at that. <laughs> uh, they'll never believe that the, the straight white guy was not ignoring them. Um, oh my god, the art director uh, worked on the Thirsty Sword Lesbians. Oh, so there that you makes, go. That makes, that makes sense. See, this is... Uh, I, I love this person. Ryan Kingdom, hello. Like, thank you. Are you going to drop service. 60 bucks? Are you going to get that physical book? I Listen, I'm tempted. I, I don't have the money, but I... You're an unpaid this, intern. You have all the money you need. <laughs> this would technically be the third game that I would have thrown money at technically <laughs> since like, we started this podcast this, this one specifically third TTRPG. yeah this, this would be ago. the third ttrpg but i'll think about it, it it's very close if if, <laughs> if something pushes me over the edge like just a little gives me a little nudge i might do it but um I'm going to think on it for like 24 hours. Give me 30, 24 hours and I'll let you know. Okay. Moving on to our village crier section. This is where we go in the middle of town and start shouting out about stuff that you can't buy, but you still need to hear about. Um, and specifically, you can't buy anything from this place anymore because they're shutting down. New TSR files for bankruptcy, freezing legal disputes with Dungeons & Dragons publisher. Uh, this is from Chase Carter over at Dicebreaker. Lawsuits between Wizards of the Coast and the latest reanimation of TSR will stay on hold as the latter company liquidates assets. Ongoing legal sparring between Dungeons & Dragons publisher Wizards of the Coast and the company popularly referred to as New TSR were postponed on June 12th thanks to TSR's recent bankruptcy filing. First reported by Polygon, the TSR filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy in North Carolina's Eastern Bankruptcy Court on June 8th. A few days later, the court had collected the necessary paperwork from TSR's legal representation to send through the bankruptcy filing, and in doing so, paused all ongoing cases or legal obligations involving the company. In the U.S., Chapter 7 bankruptcy means TSR's assets and property will be liquidated to pay off as much debt as possible. Uh, their website's still up, according to this, with uh, an ominous big sale coming soon text. Uh, so uh, there's that. Um, but uh, Judge has ruled that the legal stay on TSR's entrenched battle against Wizards of the Coast, along with any other lawsuits, will remain in effect until March of 2024. So uh, you're not going to be able to sue them because they don't have shit 
to be sued for, it seems. Uh, this is great, great news for people who aren't bigots. Uh, really sad news for some of those players that were just really looking forward to some fucked up new games coming. Uh, uh, so sorry, I, I am replenished by your tears. Oh uh, my goodness. Can I just say that um, actions have consequences? <laughs> Like uh, the, the the big the big the big lesson we all learn from deep playing D and D is actions have consequences, and I and I feel like the people at New TSR who just kept doing things just didn't seem to be learning that lesson. Just just putting that thought out there. It's the know? perfect representation of when you ask the GM, "Hey, can I can I do this? What's the DC?" And like you're like. I'm going to look for the hidden door. And the GM says, there's no hidden door. And you go, well, I'm going to roll for it anyways. And then you roll the nat one, <laughs> you know, and then the door eats you, you know, like, it's just like that. That's, this is what new TSR did. So they have a little re reminder here in the article. Longtime readers will remember that the saga of new TSR that has unfolded over the last few years, beginning with failed Republican politician, Justin Lanassa, and the son of D&D co-creator Gary Gygax created a new tabletop RPG publishing company under the name TSR, despite the fact that Wizards of the Coast purchased the original TSR in 1997. This NU-TSR sued Wizards for the rights to sci-fi RPG Star Frontiers, subsequently dropped that suit amid a crowdfunding campaign for their own version, uh, and were then slapped with the countersuit by the massive Hasbro-owned company, which claimed new TSR was fraudulently using the classic TSR logo, which they were, um, on top of mm -hmm. uh, Star Frontiers being wildly racist and them trying to add uh, even more racism to the game. Uh, perhaps more importantly was the claim that TSR's new version of Star Frontiers contained blatantly racist and transphobic and uh, reprehensible content, according to Wizards of the Coast 2022 injunction, that aimed to stop any playtesting, distribution, or design work on Star Frontiers. Uh, <laughs> so... Yeah, uh, I think right now the legal uh, counsel they have here totaled up to $384,000. Uh, so that's a good start yeah. on what they'll owe. I'm sure that's far from the only thing. Plus, who knows uh, what sort of punitive damage they're going to incur if they lose any of these suits once they go forward. Um, that's why you create LLCs. That's why you have uh, holding companies. The people who created it, uh, like the people there, like Lanasa and uh, Gygax's kid, they're not going to have to pay anything out of pocket, sadly, because that's not how this company or this world or specifically America works. Uh, there are some other mm -hmm. countries that will still hold you accountable, but they're probably going to live to fight another day and create some other really shitty uh, fucked up company. So that part is still a possibility. But for now, t new TSR is dead. Hooray. Huzzah. Woo! I mean, <laughs> so sad. So sorry for your loss. I know. I mean, I'm just so let down by this. Uh, it, uh, it just, it just, they don't have a good history. The, the, the way they were founded, the way they... We we covered this on the Solemnly Trolls podcast when they first came about, let's say. Uh, and they had a whole Twitter gate. So our episode six called TSR Trolls and Transphobia <laughs> tells you a little bit about what went down. So if you're interested in, in what that was. But yeah, it's they have done so much since then that that was our episode six and we're at episode 29 20, yeah. <laughs> at this point. So like that... They just, they just don't, they just don't stop. They just don't or, know when to quit. I remember when they, yeah. like, when they were like, we're putting out Star Foundation. I'm like, why? Like, what, 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 what do you have to yeah, be gained from this? Yeah, it's just, it's just, I don't know. Like, they, they, they try to, they live on this sort of pipe dream of what TSR was. And they can't let it go because... Or they can't let that fact go that TSR, you know, died and was sold to Wizards of the Coast. And they just kept trying to revive it based on the legacy of what it was. It, 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 that's like the explanation for everything I feel like they've been trying to do. And also there's some really shady people involved. Let's just be quite honest the, about the, that. The but. interesting thing, though, is like if they weren't so bigoted, I feel like they could have found some success. Barring the, yeah, you know, infringement on copyright. Like I, I play yeah. a lot of OSR games. Like I play a lot of like old school uh, classic D&D &D inspired games, like really simple D20 systems and stuff. 
um, that are pure dungeon crawling. Like there is a vibrant community that that is willing to play that older school game. What they often yeah. aren't willing to abide is bigotry. <laughs> so, yeah, it's 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 like trying to grab onto that nostalgia, but I feel like the way that they're going about it is very shady it's very sort of i want to make money off of this nostalgia bring in some shady characters who do very questionable legal and uh sort of ethical things and then try to like emphasize oh you know we're trying to bring back gary guy gags you know nostalgia you know make D D great again kind yes, of yes exactly thing but uh, it's just the way they're going about it was just so just so shady yeah. i just so shady and bigoted bigoted yeah it's like so dumb. very <laughs> very very questionable people but you know like uh they reap what they sow they roll the one here exactly actions have, have consequences you know yeah i wonder especially legal ones exactly like how, what's the countdown until they try to form a new thing new new tsr mm, well you know that mm, that that <laughs> is the question because I don't know that they ever stopped since they formed, like, the new TSR a few years ago. Like, I feel like they've been up and down trying to do things. Well, there's that big sale then. coming soon. Like, if you look well, at the yeah, website. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> With the, what, what drama will this big sale bring? Oh, can I, they, who knows? Can they bring any more legal drama upon themselves is my question. I, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they can. Oh, man. Well, moving on to our Bardic Inspiration section, this is where we talk about all of the things that TTRPGs have inspired away from the gaming table. First up, we have new Pathfinder video game will deliver Vampire Survivors gameplay in a fantasy RPG wrapper. Bullet Hell, Sans Bullets. This comes from Chase Carter over at Dicebreaker. Uh, another video game based on the Pathfinder tabletop RPG was announced over the weekend that looks to capitalize on the success and popularity of the fast and frenetic Vampire Survivors. Lissa, have you checked out Vampire Survivors? I feel like that rings a bell. Is there a vampire dressed in red? No. I'm probably, but it, I don't think no, that we're thinking have, of the same I, thing. I feel, like I, can, I feel like I can see, like, the... Um, advertising for it and i know of what you speak but i feel like it was one of those games that i was interested in based on you know the fact that it has just purely vampires in it and i am a whore for gothic uh <laughs> horror but i just feel i i remember like going back to every now and again and then i remember oh yeah this is the kind of game that i don't like this is everything that gives me anxiety about gaming and i would never play this and then I remember, oh, yes, no, I would not play this. It plays like an old NES-style game. There's a, an older, so it was played on, like, older school um, video game consoles as well as arcade. Have you ever heard of Robotron? That rings a bell, but I didn't really play old arcade games. So Robotron is, uh, I think, technically a single-stick shooter, as you would call them, Um really really classic game where you just kind of move around the screen as like things come at you um and you need to shoot them before yeah. they hit you and you have so many lives before yeah. they hit you and, yeah and uh that, yeah that it, sounds like anxiety inducing gameplay that i would not enjoy <laughs> it really is like until like so the thing about a lot of the robotron games and the genius of vampire survivors specifically is it kind of has some of those like roguelite elements where as you progress through your run, mm. you get new weapons and combinations and powers, and you can kind of string them to ridiculous lengths uh, to where you have these, like, awesome combinations and you can kill, like, thousands of enemies on screen mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. because of, like, your build as you go. So while it's anxiety-inducing as, like, the numbers get bigger, but you can also mow down, you know, ridiculous amounts of enemies, it's a pretty fun combination. Uh, but Vampire uh, Survivors specifically just, like, went crazy. It's a really fun game, but it was really simplistic. Like, it didn't even have animations originally. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. just the enemies could move. Like, when you had a weapon, it didn't, like, animate at all when you moved oh. on the screen. And it has, okay. like, NES, SNES-style graphics, too. So yeah. it's this really simple game uh, with simple gameplay, and people really latched onto it during the pandemic. Um, so, okay. like, it got really popular right around there. And so it's not surprising that they're like, hey, we can make 
one of those. So uh, Pathfinder putting out one. Paizo has been really trying to get their license out there. Uh, they have several new games coming out. Uh, if you've uh, played, I think it's Kingmaker is the kind of Divinity style game that you can pick up on PC. So there's mm. a few different ones. We've covered mm -hmm. the fact that they're trying to get their license out to more places. This is one of those first games announced from that. Uh, mm -hmm. This one specifically, though, has... Uh, like better graphics i would say better in quotations different graphics more modern like 3d animations it's still that top-down mm -hmm. isometric mm -hmm. view uh for, yeah. for that style but it's still it looks cool it's gonna be hitting steam this year it says so uh pathfinder gallowspire survivors will hit steam sometime in 2023 so uh if you're interested in that let us know i'm probably not gonna play it i don't buy a lot of pathfinder games <laughs> um as i scroll through I mean, my steam and see that i have two yeah <laughs> so maybe i do i guess maybe you do have a thing for vampires have maybe, you thought yeah. about that i, I mm. never said i don't <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> i've never never tried to deny this i have a thing for most things though so <laughs> it's it's not vampire specific but they're in the venn diagram mm -hmm. so i have recently yeah. i have recently but not shockingly found out that i may or may not have a thing for vampires so if pathfinder ever releases like dating sim for vampires instead of just mowing them down and killing them <laughs> um somebody uh hit me up real quick because i will throw down money i don't have for that specific products i um, listen i don't think that you need to wait for pathfinder to do that there are plenty of dating sims that have vampires yeah but i just i i like i don't i'm very hesitant about dating sims in general like i just i just want to date vampires what about That's sims all. dating because you can get a lot of uh supernatural uh mods for sims Yes, I play with mods for Sims. Do you date vampires in your Sims? <laughs> yes, I play and date vampires. Yes. So, well, there you go. I mean, you're pretty much all set there. I don't think that you exactly, need exactly. Game. I just, I just play Sims all day. <laughs> you know? What else do you need? Yeah. What What else do I need? I not not anything else. Nope, I see no, so sir. many TikToks where it's like people saying they want to get into PC gaming, so they build this like gigantic rig that's super expensive. What do they play on it? Sims Four with mods. <laughs> okay. Okay. Stop. Dude, like I don't have to tell you. Like when you start playing with mods, you can mod so much with Sims, and it doesn't it doesn't go. So there's like aesthetic mods, there's like things to make it more realistic mods, including some, you know, not safe for work mods, obviously, because it's a life simulator, if you get where I'm going. And you can do <laughs> hairstyles, you can do building, you can do mechanical mods, you can do like UI mods, you can make like whatever you think of, they have it. And they've had like horses in mods before you know like the idea crossed sims 4's minds of like let's give lissa some horses for sims 4 because you know we put out a pet pack and sims 3 had horses but the pet pack in sims 4 doesn't have horses but it may or may not be coming out now but you know <laughs> if it doesn't you're not only just breaking my heart you're just breaking my soul um but <laughs> don't don't start me on sims 4 i will and will not i will i will keep talking about sims 4 it's so a... me and my wife we've been kind of stressed <laughs> with some other stuff uh going on like like business and like work wise so i've been trying to get her to play some more video games and she recently dove into stardew valley and she's loving that and like really enjoying oh my god it. we need to play stardew valley we, we really should we should all all four of us get on stardew valley because i think it would yes. be a really good time and then she brought yes. she's like well what else like i like stardew valley is there something else i should check out and i was like i think it's time for you to dive into sims 4 i mean i'll never oh, see you again my but... god you know, like with with just me and Charday, she is set for life. Uh, she is set for life for information about Sims. Just it's so you know, good. we know we know everything there is to be known about Sims. And what else do you Between need to know? Like the game, it's exactly. just such an experience. Well, the, you just need a you need a good, really good computer if you want to delve into the realism element of um, Sims. <laughs> Like if you want to have forty-seven lovers that are all werewolves, then you need you need a really and good they rig. they have to look pretty, and also the houses have to be realistic, Terry, and like you know they have to have certain mechanics that you know you can't live without, and it just you know everything has to work better than how EA is able to make it because I, I, able to I think they could make it well way better. yeah they've chosen not to yeah they they choose not to yeah. 
Oh, man. Well, that has been your episode, I believe. Am I missing anything? Was there another one? Oh, man. I, I'm trying to cancel this out of there. There's one more There's one more thing on the docket. The two most visible studios tied to TTRPG actual play, Critical Role and Dropout, home of Dimension 20, have officially put forward shows for Emmy consideration, The Legend of Vox Machina and Game Changer, respectively. Uh, this came from a friend of the show on Twitter. Uh, let me load, load, load. Dr. Emily Friedman. This was a really interesting uh, Twitter thread. Go check that out. Uh, really, really good discussion just about, like, the growth of these in, like, mainstream media. And the idea behind, hey, like, these things that have a huge RPG following are going to be at the Emmys. Uh, if not winning, like, you know, they're put up for nomination. And they might be nominated. Uh, they, they do really, really well. Uh, now, Dimension 20 wasn't nominated. It was Game Changer, which is a really, really awesome game show on Dropout, if you've never seen it. That changes every week. It's a different game okay. each time. Uh, it's one of the best shows I've ever seen. I fucking love Game Changer. Um, and Legend of Vox Machina, awesome animation style from Critical Role. So just an interesting conversation that those are kind of going a little bit more mainstream and might see some recognition. Uh, do you watch the Emmys, Lissa? I do not. No, not usually. No, I, I often, well, I say often, I sometimes read up on it of sure. who won and what, and you know, the internet exists, so it will be shoved in my face regardless. Right. Uh, but I don't go out of my way to watch it now. Yeah, I don't. I don't watch it anymore either. I used to when I was younger, uh, just because like any window into entertainment, right? I was gonna try to take. Yeah. But now yeah. it's just like I, I watch it and I see who who won the next day usually. But it's just neat to see some yeah. stuff that we care about that is mostly considered like an internet space type thing, seeing some love and recognition and uh, mm -hmm. dropout, seeing some recognition from uh, rewards. Uh, rewards awards uh in the quote-unquote mainstream i think would be really really cool uh not that they need it they really don't need to to be bigger than they are but they deserve it i think that's a really cool uh place you can check out their new season of dimension 20 you were actually mentioning it on our discord last night and i forgot to i you and am I so excited for it you have no idea uh, Dungeons and Dragons and Drag Queens is the new season of yes, Dimension 20. I, it has Alaska, it has Jujube, it has Monet Exchange, and it has Bob the Drag Queen. I'm so excited. If, like, if anybody wanted me to start watching Dimension 20, this is how you go about doing it. Like, if Matt Mercer ever put, you know, drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race on his table i would watch it and in fact i did i did watch um who was it that played they did, they did uh, a guest spot didn't they yeah uh heidi in closet i watched heidi in closet but it wasn't matt mercer's game it was um who was running the game i think it was his wife matt's wife i can't remember her name uh marisha ray yeah i think she was running uh a an animal animal based game that i think they familiar. were like yeah and i think I, I watched that one but this is how you make me watch aps is you put drag queens on it just yeah that's it like i i need to watch this you do so uh this comes from linda Codega over at gizmodo dungeons and drag queens debuts a fabulous fearsome foursome alaska bob the drag queen juju b and monet x change uh embark on a dangerous new adventure led by dimension 20s brennan lee mulligan uh i shout out to everybody's look on the at least the trailer everyone they looks look fierce. iconic iconic uh, they look so hot everybody looks great I was impressed with Brennan, and I know why he's not wearing a wig. That man runs very, very hot, I understand. But I was a little disappointed that he wasn't rocking a wig. Listen, he looks great otherwise. Definitely. I, very, definitely, very beautiful but... makeup, very fancy uh, clothing. Just 10 out of 10 for all of them. And I cannot wait to see what shenanigans go on in that. And I need access to drop out. <laughs> I'll, sh I'll share my password with you. The season comes out June 28th. Uh, go check out the 
uh, trailer. I don't want to describe it because it's just a lot of really funny jokes and moments. Um, but I was laughing my ass off just at the trailer. And most of it is like, you don't even really get the jokes. It's just the reactions from the crew. Um, but they just seemed like they were having such a good time. And the wordplay from this group specifically was I so know. good. Like, it was it, on point. Uh, also, oh, so drama. many Mark Bronson drops. Like, they, <laughs> like they, were just, they just kept going. But uh, I'm just so excited for this. And uh, all of my friends that, like, they don't get into a little, like, nerdy stuff, but they, they love drag content have been messaging me. They're like, should I watch this? Like, this seems like what I do. I was like, yes, you should. This is so cool that we're crossing over this way. Uh, so I, I'm just, I'm really, really excited for it. And I'm glad you're finally going to check out some Dimension 20 stuff. Uh Yes. I, I assume it's going to be great. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, but I I, I have not been disappointed by many Dimension 20 uh, seasons and uh, like even fewer like dropout content. So their, I think it's their choice of uh, drag queen contestants is on point because these are some of the fat, funniest queens that have ever been on RuPaul's Drag Race. Listen, they do other stuff though. They have lots of other I know, shows. I know. I, I, I have watched some of their other stuff. Like I follow them all on TikTok and mm-hmm, I follow mm-hmm. their other content and stuff like that. But from where I first found them was RuPaul's Drag Race. That's fair. And I feel like that, that's the most popular drag content when it comes to, like, yeah. entertainment and, like, TV. So it's not surprising. Yeah, it, 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 is, the, it is the biggest. It's It has its... Uh... It, it has its sort of shady side of what goes on behind the scenes and, you know, the mm-hmm. bad things that are coming out about RuPaul's Drag Race now that it has been going on for a while. Um, but it is giving a platform to these drag queens on a scale that just hasn't been there for the longest time. And for, yeah, it, it, it's just giving these people the platform to tell their story to share their art and to show off what they really are good at. And for that, that's, you know, it is a good thing. Do you watch the, um, I I 100% agree, agree with you. And I I like seeing the content kind of go past there. Um, have you seen the, the drag Queens react? I think they like partnered with Netflix. They do like little reviews of movies and shows from Netflix. I've seen advertisements for that, but that's not one that I've seen. No. I think it's uh, Trixie Mattel who who does that one. Oh but, my god, uh, Trixie is amazing. Yes. I also I also follow Trixie on social media. That's why I was curious. I was like, you like when it comes to the content we're talking about. I think you might have seen that one, but just like like yeah. you said, there is other content other than than RuPaul's. Um, not. I, I don't know the specific drama because I don't watch it week to week by any means, but it's hard to escape any drama whenever you have a big show yeah. like that in Hollywood. Yeah. It's it's bound to get involved, but uh, very, very little drama gets involved at dropouts, <laughs> at least as far as I know. Uh, uh, purely parasocial. I don't know these people, but they seem uh, pretty good, so I don't feel bad recommending you go check this out. That was our final story uh, for what we have on the docket. Um, <laughs> moving on to our BS section, Lissa, what have you been doing away from the table? What have I been doing? I don't I, know. I asked you first. I have been playing Civilization Six. Don't. Uh, I am finding out that I'm not very good at it. <laughs> unfortunately no one is i hate the people that are good I... the people that are good at sim 6 you're not human i've like, several of my friends that are like fucking amazing at it and i'm like this is bullshit like how often do you play this They're like oh i play like fifteen thousand hours a week you listen like Charday started playing it on her own and she kept like winning games. <laughs> and it's really frustrating because i've i've played four games and i've lost all of them like i can't I can't figure this game out. <laughs> like, I I enjoy it, like, on the non-competitive side of, like, you build a civilization. Because the basics of it, it's like a strategy strategy game. Uh, you make a city, you start building it, um, and then you make sure you have enough, like... And then you can, like, focus on different things. Like, you have to have enough food for people, you have to have enough housing for people, and then you're trying to win in one of four ways by being the dominant sort of nation by having like the dominant religion by having the dominant or most dominant culture and tourism or 
what was the final one? There was one more that I'm missing. Uh, religion, domination, culture. Science. Science by being the first one to like, was it win the space race or something? I don't know. And and it goes like through the ages of you start from, you know, back in the day when you didn't even have wheels invented to sort of getting into the information age and having data and like dropping nukes and things <laughs> so very very complex game but so fun to play but i am so bad at it i just want to build a nation and just like vibe just vibe along building my nation but then unfortunately the game ends because somebody won with the <laughs> biggest culture and i'm like but i was in the middle of building like you know the the Colosseum or whatever and you know vibing along with trying to build my cult religion like why <laughs> I, I love building science in that game that's my favorite that's my, my go to to win and uh, often the player that's playing like the warmongering path that's going to get like yeah. a military win and yeah. I, I just get crushed and the people that I play with the best players always go for the military one so like no yeah. matter how good you are the other ones like they're better and they're doing military so you just watch the whole world burn uh but other than that sim's really fun right <laughs> it's a yeah, good time i mean my i think my favorite part is like the religious thing because it's where i can make my religious cult become true yeah, because you and love have religion, no consequences right? uh <laughs> it, it's complicated terry um <laughs> i have a love right love hate relationship with religion but i like the idea of religion but i don't act like real religion usually because oh, it just creates more problems than it's worth but i like the idea of it and i like spreading it and make people <laughs> join my religion well if you ever need like a solo version of civ um uh can i recommend crusader kings uh three Ooh, yes okay. it's a super super in-depth game that plays similarities to Civ 6, except for it's, it, you can play it multiplayer, but it's mostly a single player game. And like you pick a monarch and you run everything. You can pass it along to your, um, uh, your, you know, your, uh, what's the, your progeny, you know, you can pass it on to yeah, your successors yeah, yeah. and, Air and it, but progeny. it gets really like way more in depth into that aspect of it. So like you're okay. going to war, but are you going to war over like a person? Or are you going to war over religion? You can do these like events where it's like, Oh, this Contessa was offended by the way that you put on this ball. So now military action is required. Like it gets, like super duper in depth i'm terrible at it uh but the same friends that whoop me at civ 6 recommend crusader king so i thought i'd throw it out okay there. uh so i recommend that before i jump into my bs though i gotta shout out hammer of the gods podcast uh go check out ham pod they're finally back on the air they took a little bit of a hiatus they're back new episodes up on youtube uh, if you don't know what Hammer of the Gods is, a uh, friend of the show, uh, Dungeon Master Rick in uh, crew do an awesome like mythology-based game, Greek mythology specifically, reading right from their website. We're a 5e yep. Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast influenced by Greek mythology set in a homebrew world. Join us for the chaos and shenanigans that ensue, and they're finally back on the air. Go check them out. You can get the podcast or watch it on YouTube. Do it, you cowards. I actually, that's the podcast that I went on and did the one shot in. <gasps> I know, but <laughs> yeah, was, but our listeners might not. Terry. I know. I, I was. I, I did the gas. I was like, I should say that I was aware. <laughs> I would have plugged it anyways. For the record, <laughs> uh, my notes do say that that you're there. Congratulations. Uh, I haven't listened to it yet. Did you do a good job? Uh. I that is to be decided <laughs> by people, not myself. Because, listen, if it was my first AP and it was my first sort of stream. And I, it was a lot of fun, but did I do a good job? I don't know. I had fun. And I feel like that's enough for that's all that matters. doing a good job. That's all that matters, you know? Just, just spreading the love and having fun. <laughs> you know? I, I listen i agree um speaking of spreading the love and having fun i need you to spread some love and have some fun by going and checking out my new comic book over on zoop.gg it's kind of a crowdfunding platform think kickstarter but just for comic books 
Uh, in my new book, Tokyo yeah. Fire. Thank you. Tokyo Fire is going live over there. The Kickstarter actually is going to go off in August. So you can't give me money until August, but you can get notified when we go live. It's a really, really awesome book. I teamed with Sky Hawkins, an awesome indie comic book uh, artist. Uh, his book, Exhaust, is live now if you want to check that out over on Webtoon. But the whole idea is these two kind of street rat brothers. They're thieves, and they're trying to escape the irradiated slums of like this futuristic uh tokyo and they're just trying to like get paid and get out and they get caught in the crossfire between all sorts of terrible people violent police state uh gangs with superpowers and this secret group of pyrokinetic people who are just trying to burn it all down and they don't know why um it's it's a lot of fun it's my first big big comic book like we had a huge budget and when i say huge budget i mean like i paid a lot of people a lot of money to help me make this so like huge in quotations Aww. but huge to my wallet right like, yeah um so we're hoping to actually get this going so i can put out more than just one issue uh, I've been working for the last few years, if you've listened to this podcast, working on pitches for big publishers, and Zoop, like, they were helping me make this crowdfunding possible. There's going to be lots of cool tiers, like variant covers, and you can get a physical edition of this. Uh, we're trying to get it into some stores afterwards, so if you liked anything I've said on here, uh, or if you just like Lissa a lot, and you want to <laughs> help out somebody she knows, I'm completely fine with that too. You can head on over to Zoop, Z-O-O-P dot G-G. Um, it's as simple as that. You go down to their coming soon. You'll see Tokyo fire. It's the only one named Tokyo fire. T.S. Luther is my pen name. So if you don't see Terry Smith, it's T.S. Luther. That's me. Um, and Sky Hawkins, please go check it out. I'd really appreciate it. Even if you can't give me any money in August, share it with your friends. Somebody, you know, loves comic books and will want to check it out. So please go do that. And that is the end of the plug. I love the implication that uh, because it's just me and you. So anybody who loves Chardet, you get nothing out of this. Oh, listen, if you love Chardet and want to support somebody she knows, too, you can go and back a project. I'd also really appreciate that. Oh, man. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you love Chardet and Lissa so much that, that you're just going to go do it anyways. Um, but I had the link here too, so you don't have to try to remember all those words I said. You can just go click on it. Um, and Charday's not here, so you don't have to do anything for her. I don't. Uh, Charday so is I, doing I can, her own. I BS. can chat shit about Charday all that I want because <laughs> she's not here. To exactly. Uh, if you want to shoot the shit, she's on the West Coast, just partying it up, schmoozing with Hollywood executives. So. Ooh, wow. Yeah, yeah. She's just she's big time now. She doesn't need us. Mm -hmm. Just going into Hollywood, doing big time things, you know. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're we're small fish at this point. Exactly. I mean, she is technically too, like hanging out with with Hollywood people, but I don't know if it's uh to uh, actually uh, kick us to the curb or not. But uh, well, we'll find out. Uh, stay tuned if we exist in a month. Exactly. I like the idea that she just comes back and somehow owns <laughs> like everything that we do. She just like takes over. Um, kicks us to the curb. Who would if they rebooted it, who would they have uh that's more famous than us play us? Uh I feel like drag queens. Oh, see like that that's See, we we, we would be would we would be that. so much we would be so much funnier if we were drag queens, Terry. I don't think you'd realize this. I see. I just don't think I have the glam for it. I just don't think I can pull it off. I don't have the shape for a dress. Listen, they've done transformations. I have seen the transformations. I would need a transformation. I would need help is the exactly. thing. I don't, I don't have the like, inherent style. We we just need to find you a drag queen um, who will help you transform into your drag alter ego. Exactly. That's funny. I need help because as my daughter pointed out the other day, she said, I look like I write comics. Um, and I, that, I don't think it was a comic. Is that a bird or is that a, how, how do we feel about that? It sure felt like a bird with the way that she said it. I'm going to choose to take it as a compliment, but I don't think it was. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> sure. But on, on that note, uh, let's close out the show. If you like this, you can head on over to campykillcreations.com and check out all of our other awesome content. 
including my comics, uh, as well as all of our other podcasts. If you liked it a lot, a lot, you can head over to patreon.com slash can't be killed creations over there. You get early content, bonus content, lots of cool things like Charday's lore rewrites this month. She's doing the unicorn, uh, and less of a rewrite and more of a really cool plot hook that you can put into your game, uh, with some, if I may toot my own horn, a pretty cool unicorn art from myself, uh, mm-hmm. on there mm-hmm. with, I'm guessing some pretty cool design by Lissa. I haven't seen it yet, but you usually do a good job putting it into PDF form. So I, I slap some text onto a background and put an image on it. This very, is, some people very, would fuck that up, man. Very science-based <laughs> methodical. It's rocket science, guys. Exactly. But you, you know do this. it. Very you difficult. made sure we got to the moon, okay? If it wasn't for exactly. what you did, we wouldn't be able to support it at all on Patreon. So uh so i appreciate it so it's not it's not like they have uh what are what are they called like online um websites that do the design for you where you slap on some text and they make it look like the (laughs) dnd books it's not like those exist and we would never use that (laughs) this is all (laughs) extremely bespoke equipment (laughs) uh this is all custom okay Uh, listen, sometimes someone is going to want to hire you is going to listen to this show and you need to make it sound like you do some fancy shit. Yeah, I mean, I do fancy shit. Nobody <laughs> just knows about it. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't maybe describe it. Maybe I should to. work on that. Oh, man. You should. You should just like, you gotta, you gotta toot your own horn more. You got like, that's, that's how you get hired. Um, toot, toot. Fired, I've tooted on, my horn. Yeah. Toot, if you, toot. You're not supposed to toot, toot your horn in public, but in private, oh. you're totally allowed to. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, <laughs> you can t- check that out on our Patreon. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow us online, you can find this podcast at Cave Trolls Pod. You can find the network at CBKC Comics on Twitter, uh, at uh, Can't Be Killed Comics on Instagram. What? Where else? Uh, TikTok. You like? You like TikTok? You have the ticking and the talking. We're on there too. Can't Be Killed Comics. Go check that out. I think there Wait, are... you, we have a TikTok for we sure do. And by we, I mean that's mostly what my TikTok, but we have one. Ah, okay. um, if if we did video, I would put more excerpts of this podcast up there, but I might do that anyways. Uh, I've seen some people say that they don't care if they see us; they just want to hear it, uh, like little clips. So that might be coming soon. It like my last couple of TikToks on there did pretty well, so uh we'll see we'll see if we want to go there and by pretty well i mean like more than four people liked it so there you go we're really rolling in it now exactly exactly you got that sweet tiktok money if you want to follow me all those same handles uh on all those same platforms lissa where can the people find you online i am an enigma but the cave trolls have a twitter account that is run by nobody at all it just writes itself (laughs) <laughs> and tweets by itself. Um, it has been silent for a bit, but it will be coming back, making a comeback uh, by itself. And the handle is at Cave Trolls Pod. And the Slumly Trolls have an Instagram, which you may follow at yeah. Slumly Trolls. Yeah. And we also have a Twitter, which is run by none other than Charday. So yeah. not very active right now because. The Solomon Trolls Twitter is making it in LA, uh, as we said. So, you know, come back later for some really hilarious tweets and shit posting. Exactly. And uh, also make sure you listen to the Slavin Trolls podcast. Also that, yeah. Yeah, we're pretty <laughs> we're pretty funny. Yeah. You're okay. You're all right. I'm uh, okay. Shorty's the funny one. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, are, are you what are you? I, I, I'm just there for the vibes. You know? Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so go do that. Uh, thank you for listening, and we're sorry. We've been the Cave Trolls, and we're out. And we are done. You are free from your curse. Once again, we have that special time where we get to thank our Patreon producers. Right now, we have Kim Winson, Jeremy Raymond, the Lorax, and Trellbot. Thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on, the mics rolling. You keep chicken sandwiches in our pockets, and you keep us having fun on the mic. Thank you so much.